The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too. The Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for a Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos on the top of the page. <clears throat> Excuse me. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you want to watch that, you can do so up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be on in that little area right there for two hours. Normally, it's an hour show. Saturdays, it's two hours. So uh, be sure to catch that at 3 o'clock Eastern today on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Right side of the page is where we are. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you've got, and then look for the rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. And click on that, and you can join us in the chat over there. A lot of friends over there. Guys, I dropped the link in there. You were asking about Kate's talk with the Seek meeting. That is now in the chat over there on Rumble, so you can click on that, and you can watch that as well. Um we are streaming live also to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And also, before it's news.com, top of the page there, we thank the guys over there for giving us a spot on their platform as well. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. It goes out once a day between 7 and 8. Uh, you get all the articles from sonsoflibertymedia.com plus... Our uh, morning show archive is in there, so be sure to sign up for that. And then if you want our ministry email to know what's going on with the Sons of Liberty, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. Sign up on the front page. It goes out once a week on Saturdays. It tells you what we've been involved in in the week, and uh, yeah, that, that should be encouraging to you as well. If you agree with our message and you say, hey, I'd like to help keep you guys on the air, I'd like to help keep you out there among the people and on the Internet, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation. Or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And guys, we really do appreciate your support because that, without your support, we can't continue to do in the manner that we do. We'll continue to do, but, but we won't be able to do it in the manner that we're able to do right now. So we do thank you for that. Now, I've got something I just I need to get this out uh, before we bring Kate on. Yesterday, we talked about this Covenant Presbyterian Church uh, shooting. I, I, you know, I just let you know some of my thoughts. I was very clear. I'm not saying nobody was killed, any of this kind of stuff. I, it was just, there was a shoe item. There was a couple of other items and stuff. So 
I went back after the show and I reviewed the video again. <clears throat> and you heard what I said about the different kinds of shoes. And some people put that, that out there as a, as a possible um, point that this was a false flag or something. And, there's, and, and some people have the wrong concept of false flags and psyops. They think, well, that just means everything's fake. That's just nonsense. Go read Operation Northwoods. They were going to kill real people over this <laughs> to go down into Cuba. Uh, that's the, these are people who don't understand. So I, I watched after the show, and this is what I saw. There is, a, there is a couple of frames between 54 seconds and 56 seconds of the surveillance video. And I want you to see something here. Do you see the shoe? Can everybody make out the shoe? I don't know that I can. I can try to blow it up. It's uh, it's already full screen, but I, yeah, I can't blow it up. So um, I have to back it up here again. <clears throat> if you'll notice something on this, you'll notice that there is a stripe going that it kind of arcs downward toward the back. Do you see that? Now this is about the only frame where I could see that. I, I looked through several. Maybe there's others, but most of the time the pants leg is down so all you see is this big white spot that looks like a puma stripe now let me show you the difference of the shoes okay so this and, I, and, and i'm just correcting myself because look i throw out a, a thought uh, of what i have and i have no problem correcting myself if i see it you'll notice these are the vans these are the kind of vans the uh, the girl had on the trans delusional uh audrey hill had on that was caught in those pictures that I showed you yesterday. Notice how the stripe arcs down. Notice that? All right. These are the Pumas. What does the stripe do as it goes back? It goes up. See that? So I'm going to go ahead and pull back from the thing that the, the shoes are an identity of that. No, no CIA agent called me. No, I didn't get a voice to school. I, this is just what I see. I showed you what I saw. So I wanted to be clear about that. I also wanted to uh, tell you that I, I spoke with my pastor yesterday, and I didn't know it, but he had been in touch with several of the elders at the church there, and they had been uh, coordinating and working with them and praying with them and uh, some things that they're doing. And uh, there was another uh, pastor uh, that we had on the show uh, who said he was unfriending me because I was somehow dangerously unhinged because I merely asked if these shoes, you know, because it, if you look at it, you kind of go this. And who doesn't, who listens to this show, who doesn't question everything the Mockingbird media, when they say it, you kind of go, okay, I'm going to have to look that up and I'm going to have to think about that because of what you're saying, uh, because they lie to us all the time. That's not being dangerously unhinged. In, in, in my opinion, that's being biblical in discerning what's going on, not just taking it at face value. Now, I didn't know any of these people. Uh, I was told that by questioning this, I'm causing the families not to be able to grieve and stuff. I don't even begin to understand that uh, because they probably have never seen my show or seen my post or any of that. But I think there's a healthy sense of skepticism in our world today, especially when there is a story that is pushed. And on the back end of that, it's always pushing for gun violence. Now, I want to play these two quick videos and then we're going to bring Kate on. Uh, for our show today, because you know, as always, when Kate's on, we're going to be here for an hour and a half or two hours anyway, because we have such a good time here. This is what, uh, and by the way, it just dawned on me, <clears throat> this chick, the um, KJP, the White House press secretary 
useful idiot because I'm going to tell you what, I don't think the lady has a, a thought. As a matter of fact, she reminds me of what Kathy O'Brien was talking about. She, she never has an answer for anything. But this is after the shooting. And I want you to listen to what this lady, she takes the event and stands it on its head. Check it out. And one of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful. It is disturbing. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. But uh, um, the trans community is under attack. Today, April 1st, by the way, April Fool's Day, these fools, because that's what they are, they are, they are going, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And these people, they try to make God out and to be a woman. They try to make God out to be a transsexual. They try to make God out to be whatever they want to foment or foment in their idolatrous minds. That's what Calvin said. He said the human heart is nothing but an idol factory. And that's what they do. They don't want to, they don't want to honor God as God, Romans one. And so God gives them over to a reprobate mind. And you're seeing that. And these people are taking up guns and they're saying, this is going to be a day of vengeance. They're going to go to the, uh, to DC, or that's what they say they're going to do. And apparently they're going to protest out in front of the Supreme court. I wonder if the, uh, the Department of Injustice will be out there uh, to arrest these people for insurrection, real insurrection, kind of like what was going on with the gun grabbers in Tennessee this week. Did you see that? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was such a mess. And I'm wondering, are we going to have some people who are arrested for that insurrection? Nevertheless, there are some interesting things that still happens surrounding the Covenant Presbyterian Church shooting. We've got two ladies who survived mass shootings who are on the scene to be filmed by the TV crew. Now, I'm telling you right now, these, these people know where it's coming and they're going there. That's what I'm, this is the part about the false flag. They already have that. They already have their, 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 People who come in, who, who state these things. And, and here it is. I, I just want you to see this. This is two ladies. So while there may have been a real shooting, there was a real shooting. Let me put it that way. There was a real shooting. There was real children dead. There were real adults dead. And I still think the numbers and all of that other stuff is still relevant here. But the fact of the matter is, is there are things that go on outside. And why do they happen? It is to push an agenda. Check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Ashby Beasley and meet Shondell Brooks. Now, Aubrey is a Highland Park shooting survivor, apparently, or allegedly. Shondell is, I think, the mother of a son who was shot at the Waffle House. The last chapter. I'm happy it's not happy, but glad that it's over. Yeah. Shondell Brooks. You see, she's right on the scene here to talk about it. Yeah, S H A U N D E L L E. Brooks. B R O O K S. Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? 
I'm from Highland Park, Illinois. My son and I survived a mass shooting over the summer. I am in Tennessee on a family vacation. Totally coincidence, right? It's a total coincidence that she is from Illinois, but she just happens to be there in Tennessee on vacation. Contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our goose loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen. You hear how she interjects that? Step up and pass gun safety legislation. Oh, gun safety legislation. I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured weapon that this teenager got a hold of. We can't even pass gun safety, like safe storage laws in this country to protect kids from getting a hold of weapons. That they shoot uh, each other. Okay, I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the video up. This is so. This woman has not a logical brain in her head. We need gun safety laws. They got to be locked up. In the, the girl acquired them. She bought them. She didn't steal them from somebody. She bought them because she had not committed a crime. She was not a felon. Or she had not been uh, uh, prosecuted as a felon. She had not went through due process and been done. And this is why I say you have to watch what they put in there. And if that makes me dangerously unhinged, then I'm dangerously unhinged, friends. But I got eyes to see what's going on behind the scene beyond the carnage that's left by the shooter. I have eyes to see that. And this is not a political issue. This is a spiritual issue. What did I say yesterday? The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It has to be changed by the God who made the person in the first place. He has to take out a heart of stone. He has to put in a heart of flesh. And how does that happen? Well, it happens as Christians go out and they bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God comes in, just like in Ezekiel with the Valley of Dry Bones. And he's like a wind. He comes. We don't know who he's touching until we see the fruit of it. And people hear the word of God, and they're quickened, they're made alive, they're, they're released from the deadness of their sins and trespasses, Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. And God is merciful to them, Ephesians 2, 4. And what happens? They are saved, they're given grace, they're given faith, they're given repentance, and they do believe, and their belief shows in their actions and the renewing of their minds. But here's the thing. That does not then say you can't evaluate a lady who, I mean, look, mass shootings are about as rare as, as hen's teeth. Now, I know you think they're, they're really, ma you know, a lot of them everywhere because the media puts it out and they keep playing it over and over. But they're really rare. You're less likely to die in a mass shooting than you are to get eaten by a shark or get struck by lightning. And people get eaten by sharks and they get struck by lightning. But how often does that happen? It's very rare. So here are two ladies <laughs> tied to two mass shootings, one of them completely out of state, and they're saying it. This is why many of us, we're not dangerously unhinged. We just question the narrative that we've been given. Why? Because if liars lie to you, and that's what they do, liars do what? They lie. Then how do you trust them? How do you ever trust them? This is not hard to understand. It really isn't. So uh, with that said, this is Saturday's show. We're going to be talking about... A Muslim who is looking to head up Scotland, pushing 40-week sex selection abortions. This is a Muslim, okay? And then we're going to be talking about reversing some other health problems. And uh, to help me do that, as always, is our nurse and nutritionist, Kate Shimarami. Good morning, Kate. Hi, morning. <laughs> uh, before you go any further, just looking at the footage that you're showing, it's quite interesting, you know, before any of, of the pandemic, scandemic, corona rubbish, um, 
I used to listen to Alex Jones when I had cancer and I had the app on my phone. I'd be juicing and I'd listen to his shows. And, um, you know, if you listen to that woman, so children have, uh, have just been shot. Well, that's what's being reported. And she has no emotion, but she goes into a complete political speech. She brings everything in. And she's completely articulate. She doesn't waver. She goes from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. So scripted. And, you know, one even has to question if her story of what happened to her was real. Uh, and when you when you look at all of these false flags, how they're done, why Alex Jones got into trouble in the first place, um, all of it, even the Boston, the Boston, I followed that Boston bombings. And, um, you know, they were having an actual, that, that very day, they were having a drill. And they were announcing to the public that they had a drill. Um, we had our, our London um, train bombings in the UK. And a, a wonderful gentleman called Nick Collistrom wrote a, an amazing book. And it's his belief with all his extensive research that it was MI5 and Mossad. Um, I will be interviewing him on the show. And it would be good. You could get him on the show. I can get you a copy of that book, Tim. Okay. Um, you, you will be. I read that book years ago. And it was incredible, you know, the way those young men had been recruited. I think one was a social worker and they believed that they were working for the government. And how do I know that happens? Because my ex-husband, whose English is perfect, when he came to the UK and then he went to language school as well as once he'd done his, his O-levels as it was then. Let me guess, and did they try to recruit him? They did. Mm -hmm. MI5, they did. The government came to that language school where there were lots of... Um, foreign students doing English because he was able to do his maths exams, but his English wasn't good when he was first here as a, as a teenager. So then he went on, did his A-levels and he went to language school and they tried to recruit him. And now he also did work for a little time as a translator for the police until an Iranian guy swore at him and he didn't do it anymore, swore at him in Farsi. Um, so they do do that. And I, I don't know why people act so surprised and there's a long, long history of this, of what what governments will do, what authorities will do. And the devil never, ever changes the script. It's right there. Uh, Richard D. Hall has come under fire. Another guy who investigated at length the Madeleine McCann disappearance. Then he investigated at length the Manchester Arena, uh, the Ariana Grande concert. And, you know, my only thing about that is, in an age where everybody has a mobile phone, everybody has a mobile phone. And we saw just last week in America, a father and husband was stabbed. I, I couldn't see whether it was in the abdomen. He was old, holding his abdomen, must have hit a, the aorta. Uh, he was stabbed outside some restaurant and he fell to his knees and he died right then and there. You saw him bleed out exsanguinate oh i saw um, that video and nobody was, helped him that's the thing nobody nobody helped him because they were t so scared of the guy that had got a knife you're not telling me that you know loads of people could have grabbed chairs and ran at that guy that's what i was just thinking yeah. i would i would have done it i'm a woman i know what i do i've seen myself do stuff in my 20s when there was a guy getting chased and beaten on i know you can do something and you don't even need to put yourself in fear but but look you know Somebody, a young guy videoed with the corpse in the background. So his wife and child were standing watching that. His wife and child were there. And a young man who's probably under 20 
videos it goes look at that right there right there he died and he's got the guy lying dead in an enormous amount of blood and you, you know don't forget you don't even need a victim at a murder scene if there's enough blood you know that someone's died so um this this guy was filming it so you're not telling me that at the manchester bombing that was the best footage that people could get a puff of smoke over there nobody saw any carnage just people limping out and it's like the london bombings at the time um there was a lot of paramedics and people on the scene that said well wait a minute and i i'd worked in a and e by then those people had their feet blown off well if that was a bomb sideways why was all the metal fatigue up and you know the the bus the one day that the bus was told to take a different route in 25 years was past the medical council where it allegedly went off you know this is and then they had somebody walking by with a bandage on i mean it's all the right people at the right place and if you remember the the boston the two young men their aunt yep. who was a lawyer came straight out and said my nephew was working for fbi they were paying him he had all these money and these new clothes and she was supposed to go on the Alex Jones show. Then, then they, I think they got to her. Somebody got to her. She was frightened. And the one young um, man, they they just completely ran him over with the car. Yep. And the other one, they shot him through the throat. So the guy in London, um, who um, I can't say how I know some of the information I know here because it was somebody that had actually worked with him. But this was an electrician from another country, and he was in a in a train station in broad daylight. And he suddenly got chased and he was wearing a denim jacket and the police, uh, the press reported immediately he'd got a long coat and they thought he had a bomb underneath. And they ran onto a packed train, chased him onto a train. He knew he knew he'd seen something he shouldn't have. And they knew they had to get rid of him lightly. Uh, it's my opinion. And they shot him. They emptied the magazine into his head and his throat. It's interesting that, you know. And then even if you did survive, you're not going to talk, are you? But they did that. And it turned out he just had a denim jacket on. I mean, it's the same old, same old, same old tactics. Um, and they want to create a lot of a lot of hate against Christians. Now, bringing that into what's happening, and, and we, we know that this gentleman's just been voted in. And he doesn't speak for all Muslims, because I know a lot of Muslims are disgusted at this. And he's calling for term abortion. That's 40 weeks. And he's calling for um, gender termination. So you can decide, I don't want that child. Now, there'll be a criteria to have a termination. But I can tell you, and I can say this with complete confidence because it is an arena I worked in. Everybody fits that criteria. I saw women having their fifth and sixth termination. Why? Because they'd got pregnant on holiday. Well, they did one woman she wanted to go on a ski holiday she'd booked her ski holiday and she didn't want to be fat for it so she had incredible she said i'll try when i come back she got she got her termination now um everybody fits into that criteria some will argue well it's the best thing because otherwise it will bring back backstreet abortionists um so because everyone fits into that criteria the doctors i've seen how quickly the clinics are done in out in out they go down tick tick sign and that's it and then they're booked in okay it's that quick yeah let, let me interject something there you, you talked about what was that last phrase you you used about that um backstreet abortions and the mm. coat hangers that's always the the thing that's done well listen i'm just i'm just going to say this and i don't say it insensitively 
But women who do that, if you're driven to do that, if you hate your child so much to do that, then you got to accept the consequences of your actions. And if the consequence of your actions is you going to try to commit murder because of your convenience, because of whatever the thing is, then listen, those are the consequences of your actions. Because it's murder, no matter if it's done in a back room alley or back alley, or if it's done with a psychopath who does this several times a day, it's still murder of another person. Well, well, what they're actually, um, I know that in Iran, um, some people that I know, they, they could go and have a particular thing, uh, a particular solution put inside the vagina and it would cause the, the cervix to dilate and you would miscarry. And they would use that method. Um, I know that even in the Amazon rainforest. Um, yep, they have they, certain things they can eat. They chew a particular herb. Now, we're talking about your your cycles late by, you know, a day or, or whatever, a couple of days. But, you know, this is 12 weeks and people were arguing with me on Twitter. So I posted some nice pictures for them. In fact, I've just had my post removed and had a warning from Facebook because it was it was too graphic. Yeah, uh, don't show the truth. Show, yeah, it's, oh, it's all right to show every other thing up there in, in, the, in the name of inclusive, but you show a baby that's had its head, um, a big pair of scissors rammed into the back of the skull, they can't deliver the child alive and then kill it. It has to still be inside the mother. So they deliver the feet first. Then they use a long, it's like a long, the different methods, but a long pair of scissors and it's rammed into the base of the skull and then a, su a suction catheter is put in and the brain is sucked out and the skull collapses and then the baby's delivered it's dead that's how it's done there was a clinic in uh, america that was run by a polish doctor he was he was convicted i think that was 2000 uh, around about 2013 maybe the audience want to go and um, you know do a bit of research but it was the nurse in the end she couldn't bear it anymore and most of his patients were black African Americans, which is, the, you know, the biggest cause of death among the African Americans is abortion. The babies are, are at the most danger when they're in the womb. And, um, you know, he, he, they would get the babies out and snip the back of the neck with scissors, snip the spinal cord. Uh, but he actually threw one of these babies into this large, it's like a large toilet that you have in a sluice for body fluids. He threw the baby in there and drowned it and then said, did you see that N word swim? And this is where he then Gosh. got, you know, he got reported. Um, but they were, you know, that again, they're not supposed to do them up to uh, over a certain amount of time. Uh, they, but they have been getting done. These clinics, even in the UK, I remember we didn't used to scan women that were coming in for a suction termination. So the, the senior house officers would examine the woman to check that the the fundus, the top of the uterus, was was uh, indicative of, of those amount of weeks, no greater than 12 weeks, where sometimes they made a mistake or there was, you know, that woman might be smaller. And so they, those fetuses would be bigger. They would be further along. I've seen it all. And um, okay. I am... Uh can, let me let me interject here because this we've got a we've got a new friend in the chat. I think he's been with us for about a week or two. Old saucy, and it's great to have you in the chat. But he he made this comment. He said the met that method doesn't allow the one. I guess this is the I, I think he's talking about the abortion method that where you do it all on internally. Uh, it doesn't allow the doctors to harvest the stem cells, uh, and that's where the money is. And it reminds me of what you said about people with organ donors. 
Now, we have seen Project Veritas came out and showed that Planned Parenthood was engaged in the unlawful sale of human organs from abortions, which then makes me wonder, they had to remove those organs or stem cells or brains or whatever they're using. They had to remove them while the babies were alive. And I remember there was one lady that he caught on, on video. I just I can't even bring myself to say it what they did to this living baby to take its yep. brain. Yep. It, it, are, are we under some kind of delusion to think that, well, they, they murdered the baby and then they took the parts and they'll work just the same or the stem cells or any of that. Do you want they to they to dissect that? them when they're alive. Oh, so there's all different kinds of terminations, you know, that you've got you, you, taking, taking for the, for your vaccines. Um, this, the Swedish study, which, um, Dr. Corbett was so horrified about when I told him about it, he went and found it, you know, where they, they want the brain. So they go in a 20 week fetus and they clamp the baby, pull the baby down, clamp its neck, suction the brain out. Um, you know, they're doing all this and the baby parts, you can go on to assegen.com. I'm always going on there. They, you can buy, it goes once all of these clinics then log on and they look for who's looking for what parts. Um, it, it's a trade. That's what they do. And, um, you know, these babies are alive and somebody came onto my Twitter page and said, well, it's not a baby at 12 weeks. And it, you know what? It's perfect at 12 weeks. Yep. It's the most perfect, beautiful baby. It just has to grow in size and lay down brown fat and white fat. And we, we, we had that lovely young lady on who had a daughter born prematurely, uh, Victoria, my children's godmother. She lost a, her, she was having twins when I was having twins. She was a month ahead and I had mine five and a half weeks early. But what happened with her was the, the the first child died at 11 weeks gestation and then her waters broke at 20 weeks. She was given steroids, which made Mariella's lungs very brittle. And Mariella was born at 26 weeks. Both her lungs popped when they tried to do a ventilator on her because her lungs were like hard. And so, you know, they made the decision and Vicky had everything removed from that little girl. And that little girl died in her mommy's arms that day. Um, not straight away. She lived for a little while and, and it was Christmas Eve and she died um, with her mom and mommy and daddy with her. And then they bathed her and they dressed her and then they kept her in a little basket asleep between them till the next day. So, um, you know, and that is a perfect little girl. I was looking for her photograph and fa- I found her photograph last week of Mariella and she's perfect. She looks just like her dad as well same the same we we say weak chin just and she just looks like her older brother um as well noah and uh you know when i, I you have to take it back you have to take it yeah you have to pick some some pick a child and then think that is a child but you know people that think this is okay and they want to turn away um they're trying to pass this bill in the uk as well now where does this stop if a child is, uh, they take women, you know, when they do a scan and they'll say, you know, your child's not compatible with life. It's got this wrong with it. We can put you into labor. Um, but then we we hear of Grace, beautiful Grace, amazing Grace, who their parents were told that they could, could and should have bought her. And she was Down syndrome and she was born and had a beautiful life till she had it abruptly ended with um, benzodiazepines and and uh, opioids, uh, and that's he. He's been in court this week. Scott has, so 
you know, where where do we draw the line? And and there, there shouldn't be any gray area at all. Nobody is saying, let's do sex ed in the school. No, nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying, what about being in a loving, stable relationship? No, no one's saying that. Um, you're being told feminism, women can have it all. They don't even know where the word feminism comes from. They don't even know what it means. Um, it, it's so horrific. And I'm not talking about Rockefeller. I'm talking way before that. But, you know, it's very, very interesting. What's actually going on now is is eugenics, which has been dressed up as epigenetics and genomics. It's eugenics. In 6th century BC, you had the Spartans and they would take the babies that were not quite right or maybe they were weaker and they would leave them at the shoreline so that when the, the sea came in, it would take the babies away. That's what they did. They wanted to invest all of their um, procreation to breed a fantastic army. So they marginalized the women and kept the population of women down and they bred and bred with their their soldiers. And what did they end up with? They ended up with a a two-tier society. This is sixth century BC. So what you're seeing is nothing new. And they had a two-tier society where they had those that were affluent with healthy children because they could afford the food and everything else and those that were poor that lived in the savage reservation outside of the main cities, the main towns, that caused a lot of uh, mental health issues, a lot of feeling of being not worthy, a lot of depression. This is sixth century BC, folks. It caused a lot of political instability. The rich people, the ones that were living in all the affluence, you started to see cancer and tuberculosis. Their entire society became very unstable with a lot of unrest. It didn't make that gene pool wonderful. It diluted it. That's why you get told not to inbreed your dogs and cats. You start to see lots of anomalies. And when you, um, you know, when you. You see a lot of, I'm sorry to interrupt. You see a lot of resilience with what we call the mutts more than you do the, the sort of purebreds, right? Yeah, well, none of those mutts go for big money. We've got cockapoo, which is a poodle mixed with a cocker spaniel. Uh, you know, or the labradoodles. A labradoodle. That would be called a Heinz 57 in my day. Heinz 57 <laughs> is you know, the, the company that had 57 varieties of food, although I'd argue that there were food. So you see, this is what's happening. Now, one of the things that he, uh, he's the next Attila the Hun, isn't he? One of the things that he used in his argument, I believe, as to why he should be elected because his opposition was now now this is the Yusuf guy out of scotland right let's let's get his name uh i forget it yusuf is it hunza hunza Hunza, that's it yeah and he is a muslim and he is in scotland running for to be the head of the the country there so one of his arguments was that he was muslim and the other the opponent was christian and she wouldn't be able to because of her faith be you know inclusive I don't recall his faith being that liberal either. Um, So it's the first time only in politics someone's faith's been used against them. And we saw Calvin Robinson, I sent you his speech at the Oxford Union, which I thought was incredible. Now, that gentleman has been out on the libraries and the schools where the drag queens are going in to read to the kids. He's been out on a megaphone. Was that the young man who was doing the debate there? Okay, The black guy. The black guy. Amazing. I should say mixed race. Yeah. So um, I really liked his speech. I, I It's had a couple of million views on YouTube. 
I thought it was incredible. It was succinct. It was to the point. Um, he, I, I posted it and got called transphobic and everything, but of course it was ridiculous. That's their go-to thing. Um, and no, I just want to, uh, you know, they say, what is it? Trans, trans, transphobic and all the rest of it. I feel like I want to transport myself into a different, <laughs> a different reality. I'm living in some weird paradigm, but what I liked was he wasn't using his words. He was using scripture and he was saying, you don't get to decide. It's already written. And all these people coming out in the churches, you know, vicars and the priests changing and having weddings in there. And, and he said that people have been deceived. You know, they, they might feel that they're homosexual, but they're not practicing that because um, it's against the church. And now they feel deceived. So I thought his speech was very fair, very leveled, um, very much sticking to to the facts and and of course he's he's been both celebrated and then but revered but you know, Kate, to- let, let me interject again there's there's something about when somebody can use scripture in the midst of that that relates to to what scripture tells us you know when we're, we're told that uh, God is light and in him is no darkness and we're supposed to imitate him we're to we're to be the light of the world uh, we're to be the city on the hill kind of deal well, as long as there are Christians who will speak the word of God to the to the public, there is no reason for the people to be deceived except their own deception. You don't even have to blame the devil for it. Look, our flesh is enough to, to deceive us. But let's let's bring scripture in here and let's see if it comports with what this guy is saying. I'll give you just two examples here. This comes from Exodus chapter 21. And what we see here is this. If men strive and hurt a woman with a child so that her fruit depart from her, in other words, the baby dies, and yet no mischief follow, he shall surely be punished according to the woman's husband will lay upon him. Not what the woman wants, what the husband wants. Now we're seeing, you know, women going and having abortions and their husbands are fighting so that they, their, their children are not destroyed and this, that, and the other. This is the husband's responsibility. And, and what, what is, what happens? And he shall pay as the judges determine. Listen. And if many, if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Now, I've had people say, well, this is a woman trying to do this, and she's trying to, you know, if if she wants to do it, it's fine, but nobody else can do it for her. I want to know if the lady who stood up from Planned Parenthood, who said, I want to get a Lamborghini, somebody mentioned that in the chat, I wonder if she's willing to endure life for life, foot for foot, hand for hand, wound for wound, tooth for tooth, eye for eye, head for head. I'll guarantee you if we did that to one of them, we brought justice to one of them like that in public where everybody saw it, you wouldn't have the abortion uh, industry going on the next day. Everybody would be in fear for their life because of the crimes that they're committing against the children, every one of them. Absolutely. Um, I just want to just say hello to, there we go. He's getting his gray beard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the demon dog who's been harassing Dave. <laughs> chases Dave around and gets a piece of Dave's fur in his mouth. And of course, Dave's now doesn't want to run the gauntlet to get out the cat flap. So that's why he's taken to peeing in my sink. And uh, I, and if I cover the sink, he just pees on my Crocs. So, uh, oh, 
anyway that's that's the demon dog yeah you're absolutely right and i think um you know where does it stop we know that in some states in america you can end your child's life if there's some up to a couple of weeks after it's born now this is nothing new either if a child was born or is born and it's got a lot wrong with it they feed them on demand so they give them milk if they cry and if they cry they actually just give them water so they're not going to um they're not they're not going to feed the child and those children will perish um it's 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 back to the spartans i don't see any difference there you know what's the difference don't feed it or leave it out for the sea to take away there's no difference um and you know the women are pressured and and you go back to talking about you know why why do women have terminations it wasn't so long ago in the united kingdom that um religion was used you know the catholics i remember and i think i've spoken about it on this show i was only 21 at the time a young girl came in and she wasn't 16 and her friend had tried to abort her baby and she'd been seven months that was the reason she didn't go elsewhere because she was so unwell that's why they brought her up to our ward normally she would have gone to the maternity hospital and the baby had died and of course it had been dead a while so the skin was lifting off and she'd gone into labor it was horrific to see because because of course it was necrotic and um you know all the the head this the skull plates start to go over one another it's called the spalding sign you can see that when they do an x-ray and that they, they know that the child's dead and how long anyway she um she ended up this young girl she lost um her uterus part of her cervix her fallopian tubes one of her ovaries with with she was very ill she went to i think it was either high dependency or intensive care i can't remember she was so ill um fear of sepsis setting in and i remember uh, the consultant being so upset and the sister because the the mother said but she's definitely not pregnant anymore and this was a catholic lady i'm not saying catholics are really bad because protestants could be just as bad i'm not talking about a faith i'm just telling you the story um she was more concerned this mother was of the shame that her daughter was pregnant and so young not that her daughter would never have children in her lifetime now never have children and i i can remember that now as a 57 year old and and how upsetting that was and i was only 21 at the time um i saw lots of these young girls come in and it would be um they would be terrified that they wouldn't be able to work they'd lose their jobs uh they would be terrified that their family would find out their mothers um they'd be in trouble because their boyfriend was catholic and they were protestant or vice versa um there would be people that would come in that were having ex- extramarital affairs and they would be come in as though they were going to work they would arrive in the morning and they would have to be gone by five o'clock so they would be first on the list uh, once the termination started so you know there was lots of reasons that people did it some um they just it, it was an accident uh some like i say they'd got things booked and didn't want it to interfere with their holidays one was getting married i remember that one she was getting married and she'd found out she was pregnant and she, all her wedding was booked and her dress and she didn't want to have a, a be fat in a wedding dress she wanted to and you know all different reasons uh that you just listen to i was only 21 then so it's very different to what i think now and that's the other thing as well you know who is making the decisions because i think in order to make a decision what do we always say one has to be aligned with all the facts and how can one be aligned with the facts if you haven't seen it now i spent last week uh, one evening last week as part of my research for the the show on tnt 
uh, which actually is starting tomorrow. Um, we weren't ready last week. Um, I was researching on the Holocaust website, so no one can say that I uh, got it off anywhere else. I went onto their site and I read all the ID cards. And what I did was I read all of who they were, what happened to them and, and whether they lived or died. I read it all. And then every single one, I went back and read who they were again, their age, what their occupation was, to see if it evoked a different emotion in me. Now I read what happened to them, and it did. And one of one of the ones that I remember was um, a 17-year-old girl whose mother was taken away. So she was then responsible for her younger sibling, 17. And she rented a bigger apartment so she could hide Jews. 17 years old. Um, another another young man who was with all the other young men and boys was put onto a truck and they were being led to their death with a Gatling gun to an area where it could be carried out. And he said to his dad, when this van stops, when this lorry stops, will you run with me? And his dad said, no, I can't bear to see you shot or you to see me shot. So they would rather stay on there knowing that they're going to be shot and killed then take the chance of running. And there might be that possibility that you make it. Well, his son did make it and was able to tell the tale. But, uh, you know, when I read a lot of those testimonies, I read one of the a family, very educated family, um, a, a, a white collar job, two daughters, teenagers. One of the daughters, the mother got her away with a German family. And she was a teenager. I think she was 17 or 18. She was betrayed immediately, stripped and paraded through the streets naked before she was beaten to death. Her other daughter and her ran down to the river later on after they'd been moved. And they were both in the water. The, the soldiers said, we know you're in there. Lots of them got out, went to the soldiers to be killed. Her and her mother stayed in the water. For three days, that young girl, 19, stayed in the water. Her mother died. She doesn't know what happened to her mother in the water. She survived and told the tale. Now, I went back because as a mother now of young women, those stories resonated with me. And I was thinking about my daughters and what happened to this young woman. Um, it, 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 an elderly person, she was elderly. She was my age. And what happened to her? Because she's classed as elders. So I think it's in order to make decisions based on any laws that are being passed or acts or bills, I think one has to be not just, well, I've read about it. I think you have to be able to emotionally understand what's gone on. So for anybody that's saying it's okay to, to do these terminations, I think you have to go and see it. And you don't have to see very many, maybe two or three, not enough to desensitize you, but I think you need to go and see it. I think you need to go and see a suction termination where it's ripped to pieces. I think you need to go and see, I, I mean, on on the uh, the comments on Twitter, there was a young man came on. He said, "I worked in a hospital mortuary. I used to have to." And I know he, I know he's correct because what he actually talked about, I I understood because I've been down in the theatres. He talked about getting the big jars once they've done the the suction, and it looks a little bit like cremola foam with body parts in it. That's what it looked like. And he used to have to empty them into a sieve, and then put the body parts into little bags, ready, and they go for mass cremation. Um, you know, you have to experience these things to make a decision because then when you people come on and go, it's not a baby. I've seen women with big, yeah, big albums and they've got my body, my choice, or it's not a baby yet. 
Well, let, 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 let me, yeah, let me put this in here too. Cause we went to uh, years ago, Bradley and I were down together in Georgia. We went to the right to life, uh, dinner and Abby Johnson was, was speaking, by the way, it's really interesting, you know, and I appreciate what she did, but she was one who was held by Planned Parenthood. She had won awards. She had sat beside Hillary Clinton and all this stuff. And she told this thing that I'm going to tell you, this is a, a rebuke of the Protestant churches here in America. She sat in a Baptist church before and after having two abortions and they knew that she was doing it they knew what she was doing and everything else nobody confronted her nobody called her to repent nobody called her to turn from her sin in the baptist church she became a roman catholic now guys rome is apostate it is an anti-christ religion i know it puts christ up uh but it keeps him on the cross doesn't it it keeps him in this humiliation Jesus isn't a baby. He isn't a man anymore in the sense of how he was here on the earth in humiliation. He is glorified. He is the glorified king of glory. And that's how, that's why we're not to make images and stuff. But the point is, is she didn't realize what was going on until she went in there and saw it. And I, people don't have to go down to an abortion clinic to see this. You know, there is a film that you can see online called The Silent Scream. And oh, it God, actually, yeah, it actually has. Um, what's the thing they do with the ladies? Ugh. It's ultrasound. 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 Thank you. They're ultrasounding. Yep. I've actually got that on video. Well, they and wanted the, to play this before the Congress, the U.S. Congress, and the Congress wouldn't have it. Why? Because it would show their, the diabolical nature and the sinful wickedness of man to murder the most innocent in our society. That's why they, that's, that's why they wouldn't show it before the Congress. Absolutely. That video that you talk of, um, they did an ultrasound and it was a guy that had performed thousands of terminations, thousands, and they wanted to show the, the people what actually happened. So he agreed. He said, yeah, you can do, you can do the, um, the, the, uh, videoing of the ultrasound and you, you see the suction catheter going up and you see the baby's quite happy. And then the baby starts to get distressed and the suction catheter gets a hold of this baby's r rear end rump. And you see the child trying to get away. And then as it starts to suction down and rip the baby to part, you see its little mouth open to scream. It's a full-on scream. You see it. And uh, it's called the silent scream. I saw that when I was 27 years old. And I was, given a, I was given it by a nurse tutor when I was going to do another nursing course. And um, she was wonderful. And we ended up talking. She said, I've got a video. I don't even know why it was on an interview. We ended up talking because I was cabin crew and I was coming back to nursing. And she gave me this video to watch. She said, you can keep that. I have other copies. And I still have it to this day. It is horrific, horrific to watch. Um, so, you know, the, I, uh, I know lots and lots and lots of people, friends, lots of people who've had terminations. And um, I'm not judging anybody. But uh, I, I, there's not many people that I know that have had them and they don't regret them later because they regret once they've had children and they didn't know. But anyway, the best thing is, is not to go for a termination. It's to think about what you're doing now. You know, why, why not know your body? If an egg is fertilizable for 12 hours and if you have a 28 day cycle and you ovulate, give or take a day either side, round about day 14. If you've got a 21-day cycle, you'll be ovulating round about day seven. If you've got a 35-day cycle, you'll be ovulating round about day 21. 
Um, a sperm can penetrate an egg for up to approximately 72 hours. The male sperm swim quicker. The female sperm have longevity. Surely, knowing your body, knowing the mucus, how it gets much thinner when you reach your fertile period. And what actually happens is as that mucus goes really thin, the cervix uh, comes down to help and softens. And, um, you know, so many things are put in place that the body does. It's quite remarkable with the hormones naturally. Why not know your body and exercise some restraint? Why not wait till you're in a um, loving, stable relationship? You see, this is the problem. Um, and, it, you know, I, I've lived a, a worldly life and, and I'm not <clears throat> saying I've done anything, but I, I would say that I, I have definitely... Um, since I feel the Holy Spirit went into me, I've definitely changed a lot and and, and continue to do so. But, um, you know, we think of love as we see somebody, we've got our love goggles on in the nightclub because we've had several gin and tonics or our beer goggles. And, you know, they're, they're right what we like, what we fancy. And we think that that initial lust is love. Well, that generally wears off. It starts to wane at three months and you start noticing that they're a bit of an idiot or she's a bit of an idiot. There's things you don't like. And then what happens is generally, I think it, there's been loads of studies, about two years when that all starts to wane, what you're left with is what you build on. And um, and we've got it all the wrong way around. People meet someone in a club and then they're getting engaged, they're getting they're straight into a physical relationship, only for it to all break down. And uh, every time that the woman has intercourse with the man, that semen, that has um, it dips your immunity. Because otherwise, if you think about it, the woman's body would reject it. So if it's multiple partners constantly, you're dropping your immunity. This is why you start Incredible. to see problems with gays. Yeah, with gays. Your, your body recognizes it the second time. But, you know, if you look at homosexuals um, having anal sex with only two cells thick, it's very toxic. Oral sex, it's very toxic in the stomach. Whereas the vagina is acidic. And that ph changes when you're ovulating so it becomes more receptive it's so incredible anyway let's get on to something a lot more wholesome yeah well <laughs> before we do that there's there's about 30 seconds here that we've got and while this guy in scotland is pushing these 40 week i mean they're abominations uh gonna, babies do. yeah and they're and and also sex selection um, mm -hmm. which we'll, we'll I'll, I'll give just a couple of things and then we'll kick that off. That's going to work, isn't it? When everyone wants a boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to read a couple of passages of scriptures at, 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 on the other side of where we close out. So if you guys on Red State Talk Radio, you want to hear the rest of the interview here with Kate, because she's got some other things about dealing with health problems. We're just talk half an hour. <laughs> okay. Just half an hour, though. We're going to go. Uh, so join us on sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, and we'll pick that up. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Get with the people of God this weekend. Uh, you know, read the Word of God. Be hospitable. Open up your house. Spur one another on to love and good works. Pray together. Encourage one another. We'll talk to you Monday, Lord willing, 6 a.m. Adios. All right. I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And guys, I will get the um, silent scream and I will put that in the archive a little bit later on today. There is something that I, that I, uh, I want to point out here. And this comes from uh, Psalm, and this is just to finish out the abortion part that we're talking about here. Uh, but here's, here's what the scripture says. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. You know, you hear us talk about 
um, sodomy as being an abomination. A lot of people, you know, can can grasp that, even though you don't even hear it from many pulpits anymore in America. But it is an abomination. But there are other things. Listen to what. Listen to the things that are an abomination to the Lord. A proud look. That's an abomination to the Lord. A lying tongue. That's an abomination to the Lord. Hands that shed innocent blood. It's not just in abortion. It's, you know, a, among adults too. That is an abomination. It's also a sin too. Why? Because it's murder. You shall not murder. You shall not kill. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations is an abomination. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. That is an abomination. A false witness that speaks lies. That's an abomination. And he that soweth discord or division among the brethren. Listen, if you come into the chat to sow discord, if that's what you're, you're, it's not about the truth. You're trying to sow discord. That is an abomination. And that's right there in Proverbs chapter six. As far as the sex election, I kind of wanted to bring this up because this was done in in Egypt. Uh, it was attempted to be done in among the Hebrews. This is from Exodus chapter one, and the king of Egypt. Remember the the um, the the people of God, the children of Israel, were brought down by Joseph. He got his dad Jacob. He got all his brothers. He got their servants, and and keep that in mind too. He got their servants who were not. They were considered part of the family, but they were not biologically there. So this is why I have a problem with some dispensationists who just want to call, you know, the, the people of God or the people of Israel as children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Nope, that's not all of what was going on. There were Gentiles in the mix. There were people outside of that that biological family. The children of Israel were a people were supposed to be a people with a common God. Yahweh, the only God, and a common faith. This is why when you go to the book of Galatians, you'll find out if if you want to be a child of Abraham, then you have the faith of Abraham. And who who is that in? Well, it's in the promised seed, not Isaac, but Christ. Read the book of Galatians. It's very clear as to what he's laying out. And so here he is, the king of Egypt, and listen to his decree. Verse 15 of Exodus chapter 1, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Shifra, and the name of the other was Apua. So apparently among all of these hundreds of thousands or a million is you know uh, uh, Israelites who were slaves in Egypt, they had two midwives, okay? And he said, when ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools. So this goes right back to what we talked about with Nikita, that they're on a stool. They're, they're, they're squatting or they're standing. They're sort of upright rather than laying on their back. If it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives, listen to this, ladies. I'm going to tell you something, but the midwives feared God. And did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. Whoo! <laughs> and the king, this is great because Moses was among those who were saved, who became the deliverer of the Hebrew slaves. Okay, so so keep that in mind. I, I think we lost Kate, so I've got to bring her back in. Uh, okay, so 
And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they're lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. Therefore, listen to this, listen, there's a blessing for this. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied. They grew. They continued to grow. Instead of being diminished, they continued to grow and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, watch this, because the midwives feared God, they would not obey the king. They would not obey the king's law, his pretended law, that he made them houses. In other words, he gave them children. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born, you shall cast in the river. Every daughter, ye shall save alive. And so, you know, Kate, one of the things is, and uh, she's fixing her camera there. One of the interesting things is that I always find here is here are just two women that are named. And mm. you've got the most powerful guy in an empire at that time. And he's telling them, you ladies, you see a boy child come out. And by the way, I want to know from the, from the trans delusional community, how did they know if it was a male or a female? Because as that old film had one time that I thought was done beautifully, it was done to be funny, but boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. This is very clear to any father, any mother who witnesses a birth. And I'm going to tell you, I've witnessed 10 of them, and every <laughs> one of them is a, it really is a spiritual experience. How you can see that and believe in evolution is beyond me to even comprehend. And yet they saw that there was boys, and what did they do? They rescued them, and God, who saw what they did privately, honored them publicly with their own households. He gave them children. So it is a, it, it, there is blessings that come with preserving life. There just is. Yeah, absolutely. I must apologize. I don't know what happened. The, the computer died, even though I'd left it on charge. Which is making me think I didn't switch the socket on, so I had to quickly switch to my phone. That's okay. Um, so we, yeah, we know we know what's going on, and they're going to bring this in everywhere. And um, uh, what what would I say to people? I think it's a case of um, we we have to uh, to if it does happen, and it's always happened. It's happened through time. It is to tell our children that that we support them and. You know, if it were to happen and they were still students, then encourage them to to have that child and the family will take care of it. Because it's no point saying it can't happen, it can't happen. And then the child feels, like, or, or that woman, you know, any age feels they can't go to their family and say, well, look, this has happened. Not everyone will get married. We know that now. So um, maybe it won't be a relationship that they want to marry. It doesn't work out. But that doesn't mean the child can't be brought up by the family. And that's where my good friend, Wilhelmina, who died a couple of years ago, introduced me to the Bible. Uh, um, she was um, born during the war. And her mother was in her mid-30s when uh, a private and an, uh, a pilot were billeted at their railway in. And she looked after the elderly parents and her other sister who couldn't have children with her husband were there as well. It was an inn, a railway inn. And when they left three months later and both were killed, both the private and the pilot were both killed. Um, he was married, the young private. I think he was 22. 
this 35-year-old woman was pregnant and she was a Protestant. So she was sent away to have the baby and give it up for adoption. And her sister wrote to her and said, if you don't come back here with that baby, I will never speak to you again. I'll never forgive you. She went back in the 40s when it was a big thing, Protestant family in Scotland. And she had that little girl with her who was referred to by the community as the little bastard. And the grandparents, the aunt and uncle and the mother absolutely fell in love with that little girl. And she had the best education. She was brought up as a Christian. She spoke, I think she spoke eight languages. She was the first woman to get a master's degree at St. Andrews University in Scotland. And she taught in Pakistan, in India. She was wonderful. So that's that old thing, isn't it? It does. It's it takes a village to raise a child. Well, so the whole know, family raised that little girl. Yeah, Kate. We talk about that at church because when you know, and we believe that the new covenant sign is baptism. The old covenant was circumcision. So when we baptize our children, we don't we don't do that to get baptismal regeneration. We don't think it does anything to the child. We believe it's the sign of the covenant. And uh, when we do that, one of the things that's challenged is that parents are going to teach that child. And then our village is the community of believers. The believers accept a a not a challenge, but um you know, an affirmation, an oath, if you will. I, I don't I don't like really taking it as an oath, but an affirmation that they're going to come alongside and they're going to enhance what mom and dad are teaching in the home because they're teaching it to their kids and they're going to raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They're going to encourage the same thing that those children are hearing at home. But I don't buy it that the world is going to raise it, a worldly village, because uh, they're going to take care of their own. The Bible says that they're mm. going to love their own, um, but it's going to hate us. And so, you know, the Christian community has something similar in the fact that the the household of faith comes alongside to help parents and encourage what they're getting already being taught in the home. So I just want people to say that. But you've got some other issues we're going to jump off onto now about health problems that you want to speak to people about. And we've got about 20 minutes here, so we keep it within 30. So what are the things that you want to share with people today? Well, I... I I'm always buying new books because I'm always looking for the answers. And I came across this wonderful book by Max Crera, uh, and it's called Heal Your Eye Problems with Herbs, Minerals and Vitamins. And it's absolutely incredible. And again, everybody knew about it. And um, he, he talks about, um, sorry, I've got something in my eye. Um, he talks about how you can, you know, what you can use and one lady who went to the eye doctor and asked about some herbs and he said, no, that's nonsense. It's just going to give you healthy urine. And she bumped into him in the shop and he was buying the herbs as well. And she tore him a strip and he said, well, I've got to work. So they know what works. They know. And they're liars uh, too, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are liars, which is, yeah, goes against. So, so, you know, all of these eye problems, if you get them early enough, you can get rid of them. Uh, and I'm going to go into it in more detail. But as I was reading the book, I, I felt this was really worth going into today because I'm just going to I'm going to give you this looking at water, looking at water. Hundreds of years, medical advice has been able to drink, told you to drink lots of water. And the modern recommendation is to drink, uh, you know, eight ounces of water eight times a day. How many people do this? Not many. And it, and it should be that you're drinking, you know, your vegetable juices, your herbal teas. And, and it doesn't say drink 10 cups of regular tea and 10 cups of regular coffee because that's going to dehydrate you. It says water. And 
those things, you know, make you like coffee, they'll they'll make you pee more and tea. So Dr. Bat Mangeldij Bengelij water cure for stomach ulcers. This was really interesting because of course we don't want to water down our stomach acid when we eat. Um, so we we should only be having a little bit of water. Um, half an hour before and, and an hour and a half afterwards we shouldn't be having great big we can have vegetable juice but we shouldn't be having great big glasses of water but what if we've got too much acid and it said probably probably one of the most non-famous of doctors to graduate from St Mary's Medical School of London University in recent years was this Dr F Batman Galigi um, non-famous because he made the discovery and it threw terror into the drug companies regarding two of their most profitable drugs, ones for stomach ulcers and ones for asthma. In 1981, he discovered in a trial of over 3,000 patients with stomach ulcers that in 95 out of 100, their ulcers disappeared simply by drinking 8 to 10 8-ounce glasses of water a day. He stressed that it was important to drink a glass of water immediately before eating any meal. And as a side effect of his research with some 3,000 patients, he discovered that those who had asthma found it cleared up by drinking the water, drinking that amount of water. The medical profession and the drug companies were aghast at the possibility of lose, losing so many regular paying customers, patients, it says. In fact, the, the American Medical Association refused even to examine his research. Um, his name and research are very much blacklisted. The good doctor presented his findings on asthma to the Interscience World Conference on Inflammation in 1989. And he, he, he claims that ulcer pain will go away within 20 minutes immediately, drinking three glasses of water. Asthma sufferers who would like to dispose of their nebulizer may well like to try this costless treatment by drinking 10 glasses of water a day. If you can't manage this, at least increase your water intake. But remember, no tea or coffee, soft drinks or anything containing caffeine or diuretics. Isn't that amazing? So he goes on, blood pressure um, um, and constipation, both returned to normal by drinking lots of water. Um, more on water. Although we take it for granted, water is possibly the most important catalyst to removing fat. Fantastic, ladies. Drink that fat right off your rear end. <laughs> would you the Would you recommend adding lemon to that as well? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you, I suppose you could. There's a lot of things you can add: cayenne pepper, cayenne pepper, as they say, apple lemon, cider vinegar, bit of ginger, bit of ginger. I'm not sure I would add the apple cider vinegar if I was trying to do it this way. Uh, but it was just interesting, you know. What What does it do? Um, water suppresses the appetite. We know that because it fills the stomach and it helps. Uh, our body fat studies have shown that an, a decrease in water intake increases fat deposits. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because remember, if you're in famine and there's no water and no food, isn't that interesting that you wouldn't be, you, you know, the food would die as well. So it, it increases your fat deposits when you don't have water. An increase in water intake reduces them. I tell you, I'll be lying under that big, massive kilner jar later. Um, the reason for this is that our kidneys um, cannot function properly without adequate water. And if they do not get it, some of their work is bypassed the liver. An important task of the liver is to turn stored fat into energy. 
If our liver is also doing some of our kidneys work, it cannot operate effectively. And as a result, we have less energy and more fat stays in our cells. And remember, uh, our pancreases release glucagon when we don't have enough sugar left in our muscles and uh, our liver to convert our fat into glucose. That's what it does. That's why if you want to lose weight, what do you do? You keep your sneakers next to the bed, a big glass of water. As soon as your alarm goes off, you put your sneakers on, you have a big glass of water, two crystals of Celtic sea salt on your tongue, and you head outside, you do 15 minutes skipping. You can only skip 20 skips, and then you're like exhausted. You just walk it out till you're ready to go again. You do that process for 15 minutes, or you can jump on a rebounder or do star jumps. You'll lose weight because you naturally fast at night. Anyway, it seems a contradiction that drinking more water is the best treatment for fluid reduction. So when you get like really, you see these, you know, grannies and ladies with big puffy feet and cankles, it looks like their legs are on the wrong way around and the folds of skin with all the fluid, not to be mixed up with remdesivir. When the body does not get enough water, it perceives it as a threat to survival and sends out orders to hold on to every drop of water. So water is stored outside the cells in extracellular places, thus your swollen feet, legs and hands. Poor heart valve function can also cause swollen legs. Diuretics are only a temp temporary solution. They're the drugs that they give you. They force out stored water, puts the heart under a lot of pressure. Only when you give the body the right amount of water that it needs will it solve the problem. Excess salt sometimes causes fluid retention. The more salt you consume, the more water your body needs to process. So the more salt you consume, the more water you need to drink. And that's why, you know, when you go out for dinner and there's lots of salt on the food, you, your clothing feels tight straight away. Just to go back to remdesivir, it's the carrier that's in the remdesivir that collects in the kidneys. Even though it's transient, it collects in the kidneys. You've got an old patient who's already got compromised glomerular filtration. Their filter system of their kidneys is compromised because they're older or they're on other drugs. And it's going to take a lot longer. So when you give them remdesivir and that collects in the kidneys, the carrying agent, the kidneys can't do their job. Their bodies fill up with fluid in the lungs, around the heart. And then what do they call it? COVID pneumonia. Bingo. But but anyway. let, me, let me ask a question about that before you go on. Because my wife, not my wife, my mom had uh, the uh, congestive heart failure. Isn't that really the same thing? Yeah, congestive heart failure is where you start to get fluid around the heart. Yeah. So you're supposed to look at, you know, um, if food, animal protein, uh, the amine portion cannot be converted into um glycogen to be used as energy or stored as fat it can't be so the kidneys have to get rid of it and it's converted to urea and creatinine so your kidneys have to work much harder and what they do is they hang on to sodium and let go of potassium now it affects your heart so um what you would be doing is drinking plenty but you would also stick to a plant-based diet and take the load off the kidneys but they don't tell any of them to do that they don't tell them so you know, you can go a long way to improving your heart problems by eating plant-based. And I don't mean going out and eating all these fake plant-based foods. I'm talking about fruits, vegetables, smoothies, juices, um, lots of green leafy vegetables with indoles in them. Anyway, the other thing is water helps your muscles. Um, sagging skin, you know, your bingo wings as you get older. Um, if you've lost weight, shrinking cells are buoyed by water, which pump, plump, pumps the skin up and leaves it resilient and healthy. So, you know, we should be, but don't be drinking your tap water with fluoride, chlorine and bromine in it. Um, that's what you don't want to be having. So this was quite interesting for me. And remember, when you eat sugar and you've got excess sugar in your blood, 
it binds to your protein, makes your blood sticky. You go and have some sugar and then you look what happens. You can't read. It affects your eyesight because they're all the little blood vessels. So this is quite um, quite a, a good book on, on telling you. Uh, natural cure for gallstones. Drink lots of water. And this is where you're right, Tim. Take two cups of lemon juice and two cups of olive oil and shake them together. And uh, take a, a dessert spoon of the mixture every 15 minutes until you, you've taken the lot. Then lie on your right side and they both pass the stones painlessly. This is a, a one thing. Um, an experiment with hopeless arthritis in 1993 at Harvard Medical School. Um, and what they did, they took 29 people and gave uh, using ground up chicken cartilage. A substitute product is available in grocery stores in the United States under the name of Knox Gelatin, Davis Gelatin in New Zealand. And they gave each patient two heaped teaspoons of ground chicken cartilage in one glass of pure orange juice every day. Within 10 days, all pain was gone. Within 30 days, they could open a screw top pickle or jam jar. <laughs> Get your priorities right factory sealed that would be with the, the vacuum on it and in 90 days all functions were normal i suspect there's a lot of calcium in chicken cartilage or gelatin and if i had arthritis i'd certainly try this experiment this guy so let me just say that again for those of you that you missed it you either get the ground up chicken cartilage or a substitute product available in, in stores in america under the name of Knox gelatin i might actually get some of that and try it Knox gelatin Ugh. and anyway um you know you've got to think of this you've got to keep yourself right if you want to fight the fight fibrocystic breast disease and there was a new england medical journal did a study showing unequivocally in over 800 patients that lack of iodine in the breasts did indeed cause fibrocystic breast disease lack of iodine in all the glands causes disease biggest promoter of disease well a canadian experiment in 1988 on a number of women with a painful condition called fibrocystic breast showed that the symptoms would completely disappear if they took elemental iodine when they stopped taking the iodine the condition returned showing the fibrocystic breasts are caused by iodine deficiency you see this is another study um it is and I could go on, you know, this is um, this is just an amazing, amazing little book of, of just full of, and this is a New Zealand book was written by Max Carrera of Wairoa while in the mid 70s. And it tells the story of how several years earlier, he accidentally healed his glaucoma of 12 years by the use of minerals and vitamins. He's well known to listeners of Radio Pacific and shared the story with them before writing this book. Um, and you know, this is it, this simple, thin book. And it was the missing link that I needed for my um, packages that I put together. I've got some patients now from America who've heard me on Children's Health Defense. They've heard me on Joining the Dots. And they've all got cataracts on glaucoma. And so what I've done is I've written my um, what I would suggest for each eye condition and there's all different types of cataracts. So I, if they know their diagnosis, I'm giving it that. If not, I'm just doing a standard bog approach of hit it with this and then see how it goes. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And um, so I'm, I'm really quite amazed by this. And just folks, I just want to say this. This is pure body super greens. And 
uh, acetylcholine. Um, I have been taking super greens in, in my juices and green juices. And this is not even six weeks hair growth because um, I'm at the hairdressers next week. So this is five and a half weeks. I cannot believe how much my hair has grown and how dark it is again. It's really dirty ash blonde. And I've done a show on this uh, where, and, and we've done it with Cheryl, the trichologist. One of the reasons why you start to get white hair is you start to lack minerals, minerals in your diet. Now, food now is deficient in it. Well, if it's affecting your hair, which is fast growing cells, your eyes are the fastest turnover of cells every couple of days and your mucous membrane. So it, it stands to a you know, reason it would affect <clears throat> your eyesight as well. Well, let, so, let me ask it. Let me ask a question. And we got one in the <laughs> chat. Okay. So everybody can see my hair is not gray, but my beard is. So I don't know what's going on there. I'm probably deficient in a lot of things, but we got a question here in the, uh, in the chat, Kate, it says anything about the cornea. Do you got anything about, uh, I guess, aiding the cornea? I don't know specifically what it is. Um, somebody said they had a cornea that was scratched. It took two days to kind of. Ah, if you, well, if you've scratched your cornea. So when you have, you go into the hospital, maybe you've got, maybe you've had an eye injury or maybe you feel like you've got something in your eye. Um, and so what they do is they put a solution in your eye, which is like fluorescent, and they put you in front of a piece of equipment and it shows if there is something on your eye or whether you've just got a scratch. Well, that membrane can heal. It's just the same. It can heal. That's why you should always wear protective glasses. Even when you're gardening, when you're doing anything, you should wear protective goggles. Maybe you've had a virus. You can actually get herpes, herpes simplex on the cornea and it can scar the cornea. But again, your body will break down scarring. If you do what? If you eat lots of beta carotene antioxidants and vitamin A, what is that found in? Carrot juice. And uh, so um, I would say if you've got problems with your, um, you know, make sure you've not got anything on there. If you've got, if you do suffer from herpes simplex, you know, again, you've got to boost your immunity. There's lots of things that you can take, natural remedies for that. I mean, I, I you can't put it, uh, I don't think you can put DMSO in the eye, but now I'm even questioning that. Maybe you can. Let me look that up for the next show. You probably um, have to water it down quite a bit because I know one of the things that I do. Colloidal silver. Yeah, I've got a uh, a squirt bottle and I use the protocols that Jim Humble had. You can do it for your ears. You can do it for your eyes. It's basically one drop of the chlorine dioxide with, I think it was... Uh, I want to say it was four ounces of water. Don't quote me on that. You'll have to look it up yourself through the book. But I have that in my bathroom. I use it in my eyes. I use it in my ears too. Uh, even this one that still, I'm able to hear a little bit, but it's I can tell I I don't have full hearing in it yet. And this is, I think we're going on four or five weeks now. Cause, so I'm hoping that this thing is going to up uh, a bit but uh kate i, I want to make sure that we get you out because i know you've got some things you've got to do so we got about three minutes before the 30 minute point so is there a final word you want to uh, leave people with yeah in all you this? know what i wash eyebright you can use eyebright eyebrow eyebright herb and golden seal which is the king of tonics you can also um you can bathe your eye and you can use um you know the colloidal silver anything it's uh, you, folks, this book is so cheap. These are things that you should be buying because it's all in here. Um, if you don't want to do that, you've got any eye problems, you can email me, uh, naturalnurse at mail.com. And please do go on 
the uh, the Good Inside website if you want to get your hair and get some of the super greens. My grounding mat, but Eyebright is the herb. And then you should always have golden seal in your cupboard because it's the king of tonics. Mm. Join me tomorrow on TNT Radio at uh, 11 a.m. GMT. That's 12 midday. British and is there a time. website people pick that up on? You can download the app. Download the TNT app. And you'll see my face on there. Um, we're doing <laughs> medical crimes in tyrannical times. Okay. All right. One of the things, you know, uh, that uh, uh, Mr. Wordsworth came in and I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, there can be some issues with the minerals, obviously, and things of that nature. But the Bible also talks about the hoary head or the gray head is a crown of glory. Thank you for putting that verse up, uh, Mr. Wordsworth. Uh, it is to be found in, if it's found in the way of righteousness. The sad reality is we have a lot of people running around this country who have gray heads who are about as unrighteous, uh, unwise, but, but Tim, they're and a foolish. Lot older. Tim, they're a lot older in Scripture. You're yeah. seeing people in their 20s getting white hair and gray sure. hair. Sure, yeah. yeah. My, my, I got to tell you, uh, on my wife's side of the family, that my brother-in-law, I think when he was in his 20s, he was already getting, and they had dark black hair, but they were already getting streaks of gray. And I was like, wow, man, that's just incredible. But anyway, uh, we're going to close out the show here. Kate, thank you so much, as always, for coming on. Oh, you're on. very welcome. And uh, guys, be sure to catch her on TNT tomorrow on the radio. And then on Wednesday, she's on DLive at Unity News. Uh, I think that's how it's labeled, Unity News. And it's Unity News Network. And she is on. By the way, if you didn't get to see her two-hour interview, now we had uh, Edward Griffin on, was it last week, last Monday, or Tuesday, something like that, last Tuesday, uh, to talk about the CBDCs. And we had him on prior to that to talk about his book on cancer, which has been out for 40 or 50 years, very informative. She had him on to talk about the cancer, talk about the book, two hours worth of that. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to see that, go over there now. Scroll down and look for the replays. That I think DLive saves several replays, so hopefully it's still there. If not, I'm going to see if Kate can get us an embed code where it goes on. Okay, she's telling me something here. It's on Rumble. Okay, I need it. I need to. I need to find that because I want to put it out to people. It was such a good interview. I really want to do that. So, guys, be sure and catch Bradley today at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Uh, get with the people of God. I can't encourage you enough. I know many of you don't have a church or a building or anything that you can go to where there are people who are teaching the word of God and such, or you can't find it, whatever the case may be. And look, you don't have to agree with everything. If your central focus is the, the scriptures of the Old and New Testament are authoritative and they're the word of God, you can sort out all the differences and the body needs all of the parts. It needs all of it to function. And if you're not there, if you're a part of the body of Christ, your gift's not being exercised in that way. And no wonder the body is sick because all the, all the parts aren't there doing what they're supposed to. Think about your own body and the health show that we talk about. If your liver, it, uh, let me just give my example. Gallstones. Gallstones affect my liver. It affects my pancreas. It affects, you know, it, it starts affecting my back. It starts affecting you know, all kinds of other problems when you just get gallstones. And without the proper nutrition to deal with those, and I did that. I did those with kale shakes. I did those with cooking the eggs without cooking the yellow oaks. I did it without, uh, with eating, you know, a lot of greens and a lot of fatty meat. 
well, not a lot of it, but a little bit of it, you can do that. And so it's important that people's gifts in the body of Christ are used to edify the body, not just them. And so if you've got a church that's close by that says we believe the word of God is authoritative, you can sort that out with real brothers and sisters. You really can. But if not, invite people over. Be hospitable to them. Feed them. Have fellowship with them. Read the word of God. Pray with them. Encourage one another to do what God has commanded. And I think you'll find that there's a real blessing in that of opening up your home to do those things. I want to encourage you to do that. Have a great weekend, a great Lord's Day, and Lord willing, we'll see you back here bright and early 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Adios.